What's up, Pelicans fans? We are back! Thank you for being with us again. My name is Preston Ellis, and I am the podcast host for this, the Pelican Debrief podcast. You can catch all of our work on pelicandebrief.com. Big high five to Rick Stone, our site expert, and uh, thank you so much to all the interviews we've had this summer. I know it's been a bit slow. Uh, There hasn't been too much to report on, but in the past few weeks, we had Great interviews with Ian Levy, uh, Jeff Duncan, Jordan Crawford, Ali Cassell, our friends at Bourbon Street Shots. Uh, So go back, check those out. Some really great stuff that's still relevant today. But now we do have some breaking news with some hirings of Chris Finch and some all-NBA stuff and uh, Alvin Gentry being on the Vertical Podcast. So we are bringing in our old friend, Wilton Jackson, to talk about it. You guys, it's time to phone a friend. Now we welcome onto the podcast, Wilton Jackson at Wilton Reports. Wilton, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good today. We are so excited to have you back. I think this is your third time. Is that right? Yes, this is my third time, and I'm glad to be doing it again. Definitely glad to be doing it again. Always excited to have you. Now, we've got a bit of news, Wilton, finally in the doldrums of the summer where nothing has been happening since the playoffs have begun. The Pelicans have announced that, well, they haven't officially announced, but it has been reported that they are closing in on Nuggets assistant coach Chris Finch. Now, for those of you who don't know, and why would you know an assistant coach's name? Chris Finch has coached in England, Germany, Belgium before finally landing a D-League team in 2009, the Rio Grande uh I think they're called the, I don't know, the Rapids or the Vipers or something. But he also uh, coached the English national team in 2012. He joined the Rockets in 2011, became their associate head coach next to Kevin McHale in 2014. And in 2016, he became the associate head coach to Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets and sort of uh, constructed their offense in this past season around uh, a point card in a center named Nikola Jokic. What are your thoughts on this? Obviously, this has to uh, ring alarm bells in Pelicans fans' minds. One, that Alvin Gentry is looking for help on the offensive end. He's he's used to a point guard running his, his up-tempo offense, like a Steve Nash type or uh, a Goran Dragic. But with this newfound system, he's going to have to give the ball to, to Boogie Cousins, you'd have to think. How does that make you feel, Wilton Jackson? You know, person, I think this would be a really good hunt, you know, after you just went through his background. And then I think my biggest thing that stood out with me is he's used to working with a big man um, with, uh, you know, his work in Denver and then also his work with the Rockets. And if you look at the Rockets now, you know, they're a three-point shooting team. And he's worked with teams um, in terms of uh, from their three-point shooting ability, um, you know, that's constantly, you know, being overemphasized in the league. So if you take that, and knowing what he can do, uh, what he's done in Denver, and knowing what he can do with New Orleans, with Davis and Cousins, and if we are able to keep Drew Holiday, that would be phenomenal. That would be really good. So I feel like that would um, improve the offense where sometimes it seems a little stagnant. And um, we've had some issues. Obviously, we had issues before Cousins came to the Pelicans. But, um, you know, just getting him more adjusted and everything, I feel like he would be the right fit to work in Gentry's scheme um, from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, I like it too. It's definitely very interesting. And kudos to Alvin Gentry for positioning uh, top-minded assistants next to himself like Darren Ehrman and now Chris Finch. He uh, 
certainly isn't isn't afraid to take some criticism from from fans right. from critics from other coaches so it's definitely it's definitely a move that will be interesting going forward putting the ball more into Marcus's hands and it'll be interesting to see how this affects Drew Holiday's desire to come back to New Orleans and whether he wants to buy into a system geared around a, a point center I guess we would call him but we'll dive into that a little bit uh we and a little bit later, we've got some more breaking news. Anthony Davis, his first All-NBA selection, barely nudging out Rudy Gobert by an astounding four points. 343 to 339 was the final tally. And uh, it's interesting that he went against Rudy Gobert for a myriad of reasons, one in which their their bouts are uh, uh, against the, the Utah Jazz were always such exciting affairs because they they really, it seems like, relish playing against each other they really bring the pain whenever the two of these guys go head to head but why this is important um and i don't know if you know this Wilton jackson i got a lot of this information from our friends uh, ali cassell at the bird rights this is big because anthony davis as we all know his contract is going to expire in three years and we're all going to panic but since right. he's made an all nba team and a first all nba team this puts him one step closer to the designated player exception. Now, let me break this down for you guys that don't know. If you get an MVP three years leading up to your contract extension, if you get two player of the year, uh, defensive player of the year leading up to your contract extension, or if in two out of those three years you make an all-NBA team, all team, then you are eligible for 35% of the salary cap and I think an $11 million raise in the final year of his contract. So this is big as far as Benjamins go. What, what does this mean to you, Wilton Jackson? Um, in terms of the money, if I was Anthony Davis, I'm very excited. <laughs> in terms of from a team standpoint, I just think that I just think that it, it it it's good for the Pelicans franchise, but then also it just shows that you know, as for Pelicans fans, that you know, um, uh, Demps and Gentry need to make sure they can keep him around after those three years. That's the biggest thing because, like we've seen with you know top tier players in the league, we've seen LeBron James do it. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we, we've seen other players do that. So we want to make sure that the Pelicans can keep Davis after these three years. And so seeing that, you know, he just got his first NBA, uh, off, um, first NBA team, I feel like he would um, – I think this would be a good sign to make sure that we can keep him around in the next three years. Yeah, and he did have his healthiest season yet playing in 75 games. And why this is even more important than just offering him money is – at this point, you have to believe there's no way Anthony Davis just walks out into the sunset. In 2019 or 2020, whenever he has the right to exercise his player option, he's not just going to walk. If anything, he's going to demand a trade the year before, or he's going to demand a sign-and-trade in the summer. There's no way that he walks away from $11 million a year annually, especially with that fifth year that can be added on to that. Now, let's move on, Wilton Jackson, to DeMarcus Cousins, you have your player review up on PelicanDebrief.com. You guys go and check it out. Great article. Now, I know you're going to step in and defend him. Uh, we looked on the up and up when we won eight out of 11 games in that stretch at the end of March and early April. But my argument to you, Wilton Jackson, well, before I get to my argument, talk about what DeMarcus Cousins means to this team going forward, aside from the fact that he saved Del Demps's job. Talk about how he's going to improve the New Orleans Pelicans as opposed to, you know, a Buddy Heald and a, a top 10 draft pick that we could have kept this year. Well, I'll I definitely say this. 
after looking at him as he came once he got to the team, he's definitely he he definitely provides another scoring option, which is which is the biggest thing because at times as we know, um the Pelicans offense can be very stagnant. So obviously, you know, even when you get the best one of the top tier of uh, top best players in the NBA in the middle of the season, there's still gonna be some growing pains, right? So being able to bring him in and see what his contribution um, to the team was just in 17 total games, I mean, you have to think that, you know, imagine what he can do in an 82-game season. So I think that it was very important to bring him in and to see his contribution of um, what he was doing um, on the court within the 17 games. He was averaging 24 points, 12 rebounds per game, um, and, you know, the second leading scorer behind Anthony Davis. And then he also was a, a three-point shooting threat, so, you know, while most of our, you know, perimeter scoring with Hill um, and the other players that were gone, as far as from a three-point uh, standpoint, we, you know, and also Langston Galloway, he also brings a three-point threat. Now, obviously, we need some other players um, to surround him, but at the same time, he brings you three different things. He can score. He can score in the paint. If you need him to shoot three-pointers, he can do that. And then also, he averages about a block per game. So, um, he also gives a, a stronger defensive threat as well to offset the offense. Yeah, talk, you know, uh, before before I get into my side of DeMarcus Cousins, I love DeMarcus Cousins and talent, not necessarily his demeanor. But before we get to that, we were just talking about the All-NBA team, and it's got to be disappointing for DeMarcus that he Theory. didn't crack the All-NBA roster. Uh, on the third team, DeAndre Jordan edged him out with 13 points and 14 rebounds on the season. Meanwhile, DeMarcus Cousins put up 28 points or 27 points and almost 12 rebounds on the season. How disappointing do you think that is to DeMarcus Cousins? How angry do you think he is sitting at home right now? Well, I honestly think he's angry. I mean, you know, some players take it uh, better than others, but I do think that's something that he's going to remember moving forward going into next season because, like, you know, again, his work that he was doing in Sacramento – and you take that and combine that to only in, in, in the 17 games they did in New Orleans, like it's phenomenal what he was doing. And I just feel like he's not he's not necessarily mad about it, but that I feel like he'll use it as motivation to fuel him next season when they get back on the court. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Uh, he there were reports that he had some foot trouble going into the season, and that might have been what right. was hindering him. But we definitely uh, witnessed. Some I don't want to say lazy because I don't know what he was dealing with, but some trotting up the court, some arguing with some calls on the defensive and offensive ends, and uh, a lack of getting back on defense and offense, shall we say, sitting above the three-point line, something that was frustrating to everyone. And you can argue that some of the best Pelicans wins in that 8 of 11 game stretch uh, against the Rockets... The Nuggets were with DeMarcus Cousins on the sideline. He is a terrific passer, one of the best in the NBA as far as big men go. But he also averages four turnovers per game. I don't know. I don't know, Wilton. I'm nervous. I love his talent, and I think he and Anthony Davis are going to make it work. But as far as the pouting, the demeanor, the uh, the overall, um, I don't know, the technical fouls, what about DeMarcus Cousins going forward makes you confident that he's going to put it all together and, and put those things that have bothered him through his six seasons on the sideline? Well, me personally, looking at what he did in the 17 games, like, yes, of course, he, he went back and forth with some of the refs, and yes, he, you know, with some fouls or whatever, but I, I, I don't think that that is going to, I guess, be the face of him moving forward next season. Because, like, within these 17 games, Pelicans fans and even fans all around the NBA got a chance to see what um, Cousins would do in terms of uh, these particular 
um, things going forward, like what, how he would react in these different situations going forward. And to me, honestly, I feel like he did much better than I thought that he would, and you have to give him credit for that. In terms of the turnovers, I think if you look at that, when you look at the turnovers and then look at him, um, when you referenced him being lazy and being the three-point line, I think a lot of that has to do with him was, you know, he was adjusting to the team and adjusting to the pace. I mean, here it is. Again, going back to the, the whole idea of these are players, the NBA players, but at the same time, these are the national way of things. Anything that you do, you have to get adjusted to it. Like, so you're coming from a, a, a team in Sacramento who runs an offense and a defense a certain way. You're coming to Alvin Gentry, his, who's um, kind of upbeat, fast-paced. So you kind of have to adjust to that. And he had to adjust to that. And so I feel like moving forward, after these, after these 17 games that he played with New Orleans, and then also um, – Hopefully, if Gentry and them are able to get some some other um, some other good players surrounding him moving forward, I feel like you know his pace or these um, things that are that hurt that hurt him last season. I don't think he'll I don't think he'll actually um, I don't think he'll actually have those problems moving forward next season. Yeah, there's definitely statistics to back up your argument. Although he didn't score as frequently as he did with Sacramento, his field goal percentage was identical. He shot better from three-point range. He rebounded almost two balls more per game. Uh, His assist rate was nearly equal to what it was in Sacramento. His turnovers were even down a little bit. I mean, it's negligible, but he continued blocking shots and stealing the ball. Uh, One thing he does have to cut down on is fouls. With the Pelicans, he was averaging an astounding four and a half fouls in only 33 minutes of action. So definitely a lot of work to do, and those coaches will have their handful. Speaking of coaches, Wilton, it was uh, just revealed that the Pelicans are, in fact, bringing Dell Demps and Alvin Gentry back for one more season, at least I say one more season. But this was the quote from uh, from Mickey Loomis, the vice president of basketball operations. After careful and thorough review of basketball operations, we have made the determination that the best course of action as we move forward into the 2017 season is to continue under the leadership of general manager Dell Demps and Alvin Gentry. We will continue to evaluate important roles on both the administrative and coaching staffs, which will be resolved at the appropriate time not the grandest vote of confidence would you agree Wilton I would totally agree and I'm not fully sold on them myself to be honest yeah I I agree um Alvin Alvin Gentry I I strongly believe deserves the benefit of the doubt uh two years ago the Pelicans were ravaged by 351 games of injuries in this past season we had three different teams we lost Drew Holiday for 12 games and then they played about 500 ball, and then we, you know, added DeMarcus Cousins and lost three of our best wing players. Not necessarily our best, but uh, three big contributors. And he's he's got stuff on his ledger from trading six of our seven first-round picks. The only one uh, that wasn't Anthony Davis that we did, in fact, keep for a few seasons was Austin Rivers. So... He, he has made some good moves. Obviously, the DeMarcus Cousins trade was a, was a grand win, bringing Ryan Anderson for Gustavo Ione. But in seven seasons, the record doesn't lie. 11th in the West out of 15, a 42% winning percentage. At some point, you just have to try something new, right, Wilton? Right. No, I'm, you're absolutely right. And I think that this year will be the true test of whether or not Gibson um, and Gentry, if I have full faith in them, because my thing is, it's time for them to bring in more players. And what that means is, if you want to be a championship contending team, especially in the Western Conference, you have to have some key surrounding players to put around Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins. The first thing you need to do for sure, if they um, in 
terms of gaining confidence on my behalf, you have to keep Drew. Uh, you have to keep Drew Holiday. Number one, some type of way you have to keep Drew Holiday. Two, you need to bring in a point guard or some type of uh, either a point guard, shooting guard, or a small forward. Now, I personally like Drew at the two, at the two guard. Now, if you if they if they put him at the point guard, that means you need to bring in a shooting guard and a small forward. Now, um, we can look for a uh, shooting guard, a small forward in the draft, even though I'm not really – I'm not super pleased with the draft going into the second round with the prospects that, that are going to be out there. But I do feel like in free agency we may be able to pick up someone who can provide some instant um, contribution to kind of help offset some of the production that Davis and Cousins are going to already have to put out, you know, on a, on a nightly basis. So we definitely want to make sure um, that they can bring in some key players to help them because if not, like you said, you know, everything has to come to an end one day. And obviously the goal to playing basketball in the NBA is to win a championship and put your team in the best possible position to do that. Definitely. Some great points there. And you're, you're ringing bells of all these different things I want to talk about before I get to those. I, I just want to wrap up the Dell Demps, Alvin Gentry thing by saying, I just, I just can't give Dell Demps the vote of confidence going forward because we know, we know this off season that he's going to give away our 2018 first round pick. And we can't allow him exactly. to do that. We can't allow him to be the deciding factor in a DeMarcus Cousins trade come January or February at the trade deadline, if the Pelicans aren't competing for, I don't know, a fourth seed or better, then then you have to see what you can get for him. I mean, obviously you you'd wanna you'd wanna lock him up and and build on that season going forward. A four seed would have to be considered a success based on what the Pelicans have accomplished in their twelve year history. But but I just can't let Dell Demps be that decider. I can't let him decide what's going to happen to any more future first-round picks. I can't let him be the one making the decision on DeMarcus Cousins. These are going to affect not only the Pelicans' immediate future, but possibly Anthony Davis' future. And I think he's had a he's had a run, and it's time to come to the end. And although he just had that, uh, <laughs> that quote, vote of confidence from... Um, from Mickey Loomis, we have seen instances in the past, uh, Jeff Duncan recalled this on NOLA.com two years ago, Tom Benson sent a congratulate. oh my gosh, I can't say this word, what is wrong with me, congratulatory letter to head coach Monty Williams and the entire basketball operation two weeks later he fired Monty Williams, so this vote of confidence means means very little from the from the political right. uh, Pelican When life comes at you fast Life does come at you fast, and who knows what's going to happen in the coming weeks. Uh, if we see Drew Holiday walk and, and the Pelicans whiff on, on Patty Mills and the other free agents that they target going forward, Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry, and walk away with nothing, you never know. Mickey Loomis might actually pull the trigger, but you touched on Drew Holiday. He's obviously our number one off-season uh, priority, and Gentry confirmed that yet again on uh, the Vertical Podcast this week with Adrian Wojnarowski, or as people affectionately know him as Woj. I encourage everybody to go and listen to this podcast. It's it's not often that you get to hear uh, someone from the Pelicans brass uh, being as candid as Alvin Gentry was on this podcast, so definitely go and check that out. Um, Ian Bagley this week reports that he is of interest to the Mavericks. We have to believe that he's uh, of interest to the 76ers, the Knicks, the Lakers, the Nuggets, a bunch of our friends at these other fan-sided sites have uh, reported based on their own personal opinion that their teams, their respective teams should target him. My question to you, Wilton, and you know we have to bring Drew Holiday back in order to keep Boogie to, to compete for the playoffs. My argument to you is, what do the Pelicans want? 
if the Pelicans want to finish as a 6-5, maybe even a 4 seed in the West, then Drew Holiday is the way to go. You know, you're going to wrap up all of our available cap space. We're going to give him 25. We've got 27 going to Anthony Davis. Pretty soon we'll be giving another 25 to 30 to DeMarcus Cousins. That's going to be about 80 to 90% of our cap with no flexibility to do pretty much anything else. And if you do have a big three like Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Chris Bosh, then maybe you do want to make that choice. But the Pelicans don't. You can argue that DeMarcus Cousins is a top 10 talent. We know that Anthony Davis is a top 10 talent. I don't think you can necessarily argue that Drew Holiday is a top 30 talent. So if you do distribute all of your funds to Drew Holiday, how 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 high can you possibly go, Wilton? Well, if you distribute all of your, your additional funds outside of Boogie and Davis, then you're probably not going to go that high. So being that you just mentioned something very important, he's not a top – Drew Holiday not being a top 10 player, but maybe top 30 player, that's definitely um, a, a, a true statement. With that said, you know, he's up for, you know, the max contract um, through the bird rights of $177 million. You can't give Drew Holiday $177 million over, you know, over his deal. Now – can you give him anywhere between maybe 85 to 100, maybe maybe 80 to 100 over five years? Okay, that puts him at about $20 million per year. Okay, maybe that, but that's at the highest. It shouldn't be any higher than, you know, between 80 and $100 million with, you know, $20 million, um per year over five years. So I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you, I don't think you give him more than that. If anything, I'm thinking that, you know, with with Davis and Cousins being at their salaries um, that they're making, you have to give Drew anywhere between fifteen and twenty. I'm not, and I'm saying again, twenty on the high side, but anywhere between fifteen and twenty. That's the unfortunate. That way, that, that... That's uh, we we had a roundtable discussion this past week with some of our friends from Saints Nation and the Bird Rights, and we also had one the day before that with some of our friends from fan sided sites like the Lakers, the Bulls. Uh, Gosh, it's leaving me. The, the the Nuggets. Oh, this is compelling podcast radio right now. But the point is, all of these people want Drew Holiday, but none of them are willing to pay what it takes to get him. And that's going to be the Pelicans' downfall. Everybody wants Drew Holiday at five years and $90 million, but unfortunately, that's not going to secure him. We're going to have to pay $120 million if we want to lock him up long term. First of all, because other teams are going to offer him $20 million a year. It's just going to happen. And second of all, you don't think that the Pelicans have an advantage. Let's let's say the 76ers offer him four years and $80 million and the Pelicans match it. Do you think he stays in New Orleans, or do you think he, he takes off? Maybe he's had enough of being here. Maybe he doesn't want to be a shooting guard. Maybe he doesn't want to be third fiddle to, to DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. Maybe he wants to build a new culture with guys that he can he can lead and mentor. What do, you, what do you think? Under those circumstances, if another team offers him the same exact numbers as the Pelicans, do you think he stays? Um, It just depends on the teams that, that offer it. If I'm, if I'm Drew Holiday, I, you know, having, you know, played in Philadelphia or whatever, like, I wouldn't want to go back to Philly right now. Philly is not a, you know, Right now, Philly is not a stable franchise. I mean, as you know, between the injuries that they've had with, you know, MB and then also um, the other big men that they've had and some of the injuries they had, I wouldn't necessarily want to go back to Philly, in my opinion. So they gave me, if I'm if I'm Drew Holiday, if they gave me that same amount of money and I'm getting that same offer from New Orleans and knowing that I have some pieces together right now to 
you know, to compete for a championship, and a championship actually looks a lot closer in New Orleans than it does in Philadelphia. Um, I would, I think, I would consider staying in New Orleans. I, I think we have to be real with each other right now, Wilton. The Pelicans are not going to to win a championship with Drew Holiday in the fold. They're they're not. First of all, uh, and we'll talk about the astounding uh, performances of the the Warriors and the Cavaliers this offseason, but we just don't have the pieces. We don't have the picks going forward. We don't have the means of assembling talent around these three players to bring in somebody like a like a JJ Redick. We just can't do it. And right, but if, I think but if you, I think if, Sorry, go ahead. So I was about to say, but I know you said we don't have we don't have the talent right now, but does Philadelphia have the talent right now to, to win a championship? No, but they do have potential, and I do have to believe that Drew Holiday keeps in touch with people, former teammates like Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, who who take off and immediately uh, see a surge in their performances and talk about how happy they are, how thrilled they are to get out of New Orleans, to get away from that culture in New Orleans, and I'm sure he has to hear that chatter. Oh yeah, he does. But like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose to go to Philly over New Orleans. Now there were some other teams out there who have solidified themselves as true championship contenders, whether it be the Western Conference or Eastern Conference, then I'm, 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 I'm considering those conversations. But Philly over New Orleans, I would rather stay in New Orleans. That's also a good point because uh, there was a report on Bleacher Report last week that Kyle Lowry wanted to test the, the Western Conference waters. And if that is the case, then there could be a big opening for Drew Holiday in Toronto. Or uh, George Hill could be another factor with Utah if they are able to lure Gordon Hayward back to Utah, but George Hill decides to, let's say, go to Toronto, then Utah might be a fun place for Drew Holiday to take his talent. So we're just we're just going to have to play the waiting game, Wilton, which is not exciting for me. I'd, I'd love to get all this information right now uh, and go forward. No, it's, never, it's, it's never exciting going into the summer months because you, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. So much could happen. All right, let's, let's play the game, Wilton. Let's, let's say we've re-signed Drew Holiday. And we have to, with minimal cap space, um, let's let's say we we can't we can't offload Omera Sheik's contract. It would just take too much. I think the price on that has to be two first round picks. And if Dell Dem sends a 2018 and 2020 first round pick to some team to take Omera Sheik's contract, I will be storming Airline Drive. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's say that all we have available is the mid-level exception, the biannual exception, which are 8 and $3 million per year, respectively. We've got the, the trade exception, which could bring in a talent like a Will Barton to play off of Drew Holiday. Is, is there anyone specifically who is reasonably priced that you want to see the Pelicans add around our big three? Uh, a few names. Like, I know, and I'm referring from these names from the free agents who will be um, free agents at the end of this season. So, um, as far as scores, my biggest thing when I look at players, I'm looking at people that can score and, and that could actually contribute um, to the team right now. So one player that's going to be a, a free agent this year, I was looking at Cal Corver. Um, Sean Livingston would be interesting. Patty Mills maybe um, would be interesting. Um, now somebody that's a little bit higher, but at the same time I feel like would be good. And he's at the small forward position is Jeff Green. So those are some of my um, – some of my players um, to consider, and obviously, like I said, Jeff Green is a little bit over what we could offer him right now. Um, but some of those players would be good because they could they could um, contribute instantly, you know, right from the jump, 
It would also be able to help if we're keeping Drew Holiday now. Um, if we're keeping Drew Holiday, I feel like they would fit into this system and be able to help Drew and then also, of course, ultimately help Anthony Davis and, and Cousins. Sean Livingston is a name that a lot of people in the New Orleans area have been have been bringing up. I think he only makes sense from a standpoint if we lose Drew Holiday. Uh, because Sean Livingston's not a big knockdown shooter, he's, he's, he's a terrific post player. He's got the size and the length to, to just frustrate uh, smaller guards and even some wing players. But a lot of that real estate's going to be taken up by DeMarcus and Anthony Davis. And you have to think uh, the other three players on the court aren't really going to have the ball in their hands to, to the greatest of extents. So you'd, you'd want a shooter, um, somebody like uh, a, a Sergio Rodriguez, who probably doesn't have many years left in the league. But one thing he can do is he can uh, nail a corner three. Patty Mills, everybody brings up Patty Mills. I just don't think we can afford him. Uh, we saw how he performed in the postseason once Tony Parker was down. This guy's got to cost at minimum $12 million a year, I'd have to believe. Um some other guys. Yeah, actually, looking at his, at his at his average salary, he's making a, uh, a little over four million, I think, for this season alone. Well, he is he is right now, but you'd have to think he's in for a raise, right? Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, but anywhere between, I'm thinking realistically, anywhere between eight to ten million, or maybe twelve. The one thing that you could argue is if I don't know, let's. Let's say the the Utah Jazz offer Patty Mills thirteen million dollars a year. It it might be kind of seductive to to take eight million a year for one season, come and play next to Boogie Anthony Davis, and and build build your street cred, I guess, for for next season. But I, I'd have to think he would just take the money. He hasn't earned that much over the life of his career. Um, let's see, going forward, some some trade exceptions uh, I mentioned. Justin Holiday and Will Barton would fit under that. We could do something like throw our, our 40th pick this season and take the final season of Will Barton, and he could be a, a good shooter on the wing across from Drew Holiday, a creator. Uh, if nothing else, Etwan Moore could start in his place, and Will Barton could come off the bench and, and give that scoring punch next to Jordan Crawford that we desperately need. And then we could take a chance on guys like Jody Meeks, maybe take a flyer on Anthony Morrow. He should be available on the on the minimum. And uh, I, I like that Anthony. I like Anthony Mar. That's a that's definitely another player as well. Yeah, he's a forty-five percent uh, career three-point shooter, but he just can't seem to see the floor wherever he goes, whether it be New Orleans, Oklahoma City, or Chicago. So you have to think he just must be a mess defensively, or just isn't getting the opportunities to shoot as much as he should be. But for some reason, nobody wants to play him. So. After that, maybe uh, giving some money to Taj Gibson. I think he would probably fit around the mid-level exception. Terrence Jones could probably be had at the biannual exception. Darren Collison is another guy that we could take a look at. Shelvin Mack. Uh, it'll it'll be interesting, Wilton. Let's, let's get to the end. Before we get to the end, uh, you talked about uh, one player that you'd like the Pelicans to target with the 40th overall pick in the second round. Tell us a little bit about that guy. So... I hate that he what happened to him in the in the national championship game, but I think the 40th pick could definitely be Nigel Wiggins. And the reason I say that, uh, out of some of the other players that I've seen, you know, and read upon, like number one, he's a point guard, and that's what we need for sure. We need someone who can be a, a solid point guard, but but could also score. Um, when you look at him, you know, he's able to score. He's you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's able to score. He's he's pretty much able to. Um, run an offense consistently, 
And essentially, like, you know, I've seen to where they've been comparing him because he'll probably be a second-round pick. You know, they're comparing him to, like, a Derek Fisher, who was um, also a second-round pick, and he had a phenomenal career. So looking at, um, you know, his uh, level or his body of work and what he did in Gonzaga and what he, what he was able to do, um, you know, throughout the NCAA tournament back in March and April, I feel like, you know, he would be a good system to work, a team that desperately needs a true point guard. Uh, just some rough research that I did on Wikipedia for fans who don't know him. He played two years at Washington. Uh, wasn't going to get any playing time behind uh, faults, you'd have to believe. So this year he transferred to Gonzaga, as Wilton just uh, uh, let us know, in 33 minutes per game. Got about 37% from three-point, 49% from the field, 17 points per game, uh, a nice five assists, six rebounds. So it does a little bit of everything. So it definitely seems like it'd be worth taking a flyer. That's that's a good guy to to keep an eye on. Um, Wilton, give us a finals prediction. The Cavaliers are just steamrolling through the Celtics in spectacular fashion. And uh, with Kawhi limping around the court, you'd have to think that the Warriors are going to sweep the Spurs. A really um, unspectacular <laughs> playoffs uh, so far. This is what happens when you have super teams. You have a lot of uh, not-so-super teams to go against them. Who who is your pick for the NBA Finals winner this summer? Um, I, I think I'm gonna go with the Cavs. I know I'll probably get a lot of uh flack about that, but I think the Cavs are gonna edge the Warriors in seven. Like I just don't see LeBron James slowing down right now. Like he's playing phenomenal, like at least thirty plus points a game. You know, both teams are undefeated. The Cavs are looking really good. Like I just don't see LeBron slowing down, man. I just don't see them losing to um uh, to the Warriors. Um, in the finals. I just don't. I don't see it happening. You know, two weeks ago when they beat the Pacers in four games by a combined 16 points, I would have told you you were crazy, but I have to say that I agree. After you go up 41 points against the number one seed in the East, even if it was, a, I don't know, almost a concession one seed, it seemed like the Cavaliers didn't really uh, try all that hard. Uh, I think they finished 23-23 and 23 over their last 46 games to end the season, um, but... The way they're playing right now and the amount of rest they're getting, you'd, you'd have to, I, I, I guess nobody would be surprised if they toppled the big four in Golden State. And Golden State's going to see a lot of changeover this summer after they pay Curry and Durant. They're going to lose guys like Iguodala and Sean Livingston, or you'd have to consider exactly. that they might. So I don't, I don't think it's that crazy, Wilton. Um, one last thing before I let you go, Donatus Montiunas says that he is moving on from the Pelicans. Are you sad to see him go? I am definitely not sad to see him go. My thing is, if we want to get some other key players, and this goes back to the whole idea of gentry and uh, Jeff staying around, if we want to see some other players come into the franchise, we have to let some go, and he could be one of those to let go, to bring in some other additional talent. It's such a sad story, though. This guy got a four-year, $34 million from from Brooklyn. The Rockets ended up matching it, but there was a contingency to that. There were some uh, incentives that he could reach in the Nets contract that the Rockets weren't going to adhere to, so it got lowered to $28 million. Donatas didn't uh, respond to his, uh, what's it called, his workout, so the, the contract was null and void, and now he's in the middle of a lawsuit with the Rockets in the NBA. Just just an ugly situation all around. You really feel for the guy, and uh, I hope he lands on his feet somewhere. Wilton, uh, you guys can follow Wilton at Wilton Reports and read his stuff at pelicandebrief.com. He might have an article coming up for you guys tomorrow morning. Wilton, tell us a bit about what you're going to be working on this summer. Well, this summer I'm just going to be finishing up grad school at LSU and then also just doing some stuff 
um, some freelance work, and then also continuing my work with the Pelican uh, Debrief, and I may also get back into doing some um, some freelance work for the Saints. Wilton, you're the man. Always love having you on the pod. Thanks. I appreciate it, Preston. Always glad to be here. Again, to Wilton Jackson. Again, you guys, my name is Preston Ellis. You can follow me at Preston Ellis. Check out our site, pelicandebrief.com. Follow it on Twitter, at Pelican Debrief. And if you have another moment, you know, like we always say, give our podcast a like, share it, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We really appreciate all of your support. It means so much. We had such a successful month uh, with those those guests that I was telling you about, Ali Cassell and our friends at Bourbon Street Shots. So big high five to the guys at the Bird Rights and Bourbon Street Shots. We really appreciate your support, and we look forward to partnering with you guys going forward, especially as we get closer to free agency. But for now, now, you guys, for just a few more weeks, let's hang tight. Let's go, pals.